Ghouls. Happy Hump Day and welcome to Ghoul Friends Podcast. Brought to you by your best ghoul friends, Lucy and Lindsay. Grab your blankets, snacks and good vibes for tonight's sleepover where the category is always horrifically spooky. If you want to keep up with us on the socials, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at GirlfriendPod on Twitter and Girlfriends underscore podcast on Instagram. You can also listen to us on all podcasting platforms where we release new episodes every Wednesday. And if you want to follow me on my personal socials, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Lulu underscore Pew. And I'm at Hi It's Lindsay underscore on all social media. Now let's get spooky. Hey ghouls. I was going to say happy hump day, but this is coming out a day later. So happy thirsty Thursday. friends. <laughs> <laughs> Um, today I'm joined by my best girl, you know her, the myth, the legend, Lindsay. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right, thanks. How are you? Good, yeah. I came back from uh, Lawrence Cheney last night. Oh, it was, was it good? It was really good, actually. It was sold out. Um, I was at the Music Hall of all places, which, if you know Aberdeen, it's not like a usual venue for drag shows. But um, I hadn't seen Lawrence. I mean, I've only seen Lawrence um, before Drag Race at Grampian Pride. And they were really good at that. So, yeah, I, I knew going into it would be great. So, no, I'm glad I went. It was still nice to see a show amidst all the madness that's happening oh, yes. right now. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been fine. I was a bit sick, hence why the episode is a bit delayed. But, um, yeah, other than that, I'm good. Just a... Uh, Doing my Christmas shopping a bit late and uh, getting into the, the festive season. And it is your birthday in T minus less than a week. I know. Everyone, make sure to spam the absolute shit out of Lindsay's socials next week when she turns 30 30. The dirty 30. Yeah. <laughs> you probably have noticed that, um, well, the listeners have noticed that you haven't heard Sophie. So Sophie is unfortunately not feeling well this week either. She's not feeling great. But she will be back with us for the finale. So please send her all the love. I hope you feel better soon, Soph. Yes, it's not a good week for the girlfriends. But we're a bit incapacitated this week. <laughs> we're still we're still trying and we're still thriving. So Yes, exactly. So, shall we get into this week's episode? Yes, let's do it. So today we are talking about Dracula season four episode nine and episode nine is the last supper so the last supper is um essentially a reunion so the Boulet brothers bring together all the contestants and um, we also get a reveal at the end of this episode of who makes the, the final which is very exciting I'm very glad we got told that at the beginning because have you been just like shaking in your boots all week like I need to know I need to know what yeah. like because it could have gone so many ways like they could have eliminated two people they could have brought everyone back like they could have I don't know who they would have decided if it was going to be a top three so yeah like there's a lot of anticipation going on because this season's been full of surprises so it literally came into this episode being like absolutely anything could happen tonight 100% and then like we saw well, two days ago now as we're recording there was the teaser trailer for the last supper and it was juicy 
Um, Absolutely. So, like overall, was 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 the tea delivered from that trailer? Were you loving the Last Supper? Yeah, like I think we got to see a lot more of monsters that we didn't see a lot of, like Coco. Um, I think Coco came off amazing in this. Like everybody's calling her the the winner of the Last Supper, even though there's not a winner. Um, I think a lot of drama and stuff was aired out. I think like the contestants and then us as viewers got a lot of closure over a lot of things. And um, yeah, I absolutely loved their um, spooky uh, takes on Christmas. I thought everybody looked fantastic. The spooky Christmas outfits were absolutely amazing. I, I, really I loved Mary. Mary was great, actually. Mary was so amazing. good. <laughs> she cracked me up every time she got their glasses out. That's <laughs> <I can't> <laughs> It was so good. Um, and you're so. I know we're probably jumping all over the place. I know you've got lots of notes that we'll dissect in this episode, but um, Coco. Like we we've all loved Coco and the bullies even say it here, like Coco's been like a fan favorite, but holy shit, so intelligent, so well spoken. That like monologue that she gave mm. was inspiring. That was like TED Talk level. It was amazing. Absolutely. I think Coco falls into that unfortunate category that we see in drag TV shows time and time again, in which we have an absolutely fantastic artist who just doesn't have the funds to deliver on TV. Um, if you listen to the Bailey Brothers podcast, they talked about how Coco was like making a lot of her costumes behind the scenes because they didn't come with a lot of stuff because they just couldn't afford it. Like these TV shows are very, very expensive especially when you look at like Drag Race, which has been on for a wee bit longer. I mean, people spend tens of thousands on their wardrobe for Drag Race to have most of it not even be shown on TV, like if you're the first, second, third out, for example. So um, I'm so glad that Coco had this platform and I'm looking forward to the next Resurrection or even just, just put her in season five. Just put her in season five. We don't need a resurrection. We all love her. We all know what she's capable of. Just put her in already. Um, So yeah, I'm glad she got a moment to shine here because she wasn't on the show for long enough. Absolutely not. No, that's so so true. Um, That's probably pretty relevant for a lot of the monsters that we didn't get to see a lot of. And the behind the scenes, as you said, um, if anybody doesn't listen to the Boulay Brothers podcast, please do because you get so much more insight into the behind Mm. the scenes of the show. And you are right. Um, especially with Dracula as well and the type of drag that is performed on Dracula. I mean, we've heard it time and time again, like how little performers get paid, especially with how much they invest in their costumes, their makeup, their wigs, and especially for a style of drag that isn't mainstream or what people assume to be drag. Like you can imagine it's probably even more difficult to break into the industry and to get consistent gigs and to make a living. So um and not everybody has the resources. Like it's 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 not as easy as people think it is. Um, so I'm really glad that Coco got that that time to shine. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about because it's just come into my head something that I was really keen to talk about is um you know we had the flashbacks to the first couple of episodes, um and we had that flashback of Zavaletta 
you know, Zavaleta was in the in the bottom two with uh, mm. Alhide. And it just goes to show you, like, from the first episodes, or the first few episodes, you really don't know what people can bring to the table because, like, and I was, I said that in the first episode, I was completely honest, I didn't like Zavaleta's outfit. And looking at Zav's outfit then, and seeing how much they've progressed throughout the season, it's absolutely insane. So I think you always have to kind of think about that with when you think about the monsters that go for the first like couple of weeks, like imagine the looks that they can bring and they can deliver because you're only seeing them for an an hour each week. I, I don't know. I just when I saw that first look again, like it just like absolutely fucking blew me away because the looks they've the, the progression that they've been on since the start has just been insane. Absolutely, like um, Laz Avaleta's Instagram is one of my favourites because I just love the looks that they pull together. Um, so yeah, I, you can't really judge a drag queen on one look. Like <laughs> it's the same way, you, like you can't really judge any art art artist rather on just like one thing. You really need like a portfolio to look at, and I think. If Laz Avaleta had gone in episode one, not that I think Formaldehyde's terrible, I do really like them as well, but what a loss to the season it would have been. Right. Um, like, in terms of, on the reality TV side, just these really sharp, biting remarks that they always come out with, it's just reality TV gold, I love it. And then the looks that they pulled together over the season two, it just... Like that weird Wild West one was just like one of the best of the season. Definitely like deserved to win that that episode. And it's just like you would have been robbed of so much if they went that episode. And think like you think back to all like the backlash and stuff they got after that first episode. And I don't like I don't know if Liz Avalet is a fan favorite. I think she should be. <laughs> She's one of my favorites anyway. But um, total like 180 perspective wise. Yeah, yeah, you're so you're so right. Like the a lot of the cast have been on like such a, a journey in terms of just mm. who they are as people. Um, is there like what what shall we address next? Because there's so much to unpack in this episode. What do you want to address? Because like there's also Sigourney and Mary, and there's Jade. There's 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 a lot of stuff to talk about. Absolutely, um. So let's talk about Jade because there was a lot of talk at the beginning of the episode about um, Saint and Dali having that little bit extra experience with um, Dracula. But let's get into Jade because I feel like Jade opened up quite a bit in this because we spoke about so much about how <clears throat> Jade's looks were really good, but there just seemed to be something missing there. And they were talking a lot about how they just didn't come to Dracula with the right mindset, which is so important. Um, what like what did you think about Jade's revelation? I yeah, that's really important to to talk about. I think it's also mirrored a little bit in Astrid because Astrid talks about their mental health as well. Um we also have to recognize that this has been filmed during a global pandemic and no matter what life throws at you no matter you know whatever situation you're in everyone's been affected by this everyone's mental health has been affected by this and then the sheer pressure 
of being on a reality TV show, especially with like the icons that are the Bully Brothers and how much recognition Dragula has now. And both, and I'm kind of comparing the two, but both Jade and Astrid have a lot of pressure on them. Astrid has a lot of pressure being part of the drag family of Sally to live up to that. And then Jade, you know, came from Drag Race and people like Drag Race can be an incredibly toxic online fan base at times. And people still have discussions about season five and all the drama and the tea that went on. And, you know, Jade has obviously progressed as a performer. It doesn't always want to be related to that. So I can imagine that was probably weighing heavy on their mind as well, let alone the situation with their dear cat during the show. I mean, we're both cat parents. And if that happened to me, I'd be devastated. So Jade's really strong. And um, I give her a lot of respect for, you know, opening up about it and being like honest and transparent. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, I think what they had to say was extremely important because, like, having that right mindset is so important. Like, you need to be ready for the competition. And having something like, all those expectations weighing over you it's that way as well like it just popped into my head like a lot of drag performers who have been on television have their own podcasts and I remember listening to a podcast with like a big drag performer from Drag Race just basically like being like I don't like Jade Jolie and it's like people who are fans of that person will then go and attack them and it's like that was just like last year so it's like how much shit did she get off of that and then going on Dragula and having everybody being like oh, what the fuck are you doing on Dragula and then um just kind of week to week being seen just not fully being in it um you know it's probably not been the best time for her so I think it was really great of her to talk about that I think it was good of her as well to like admit where she'd done wrong and just like hold her hands up and be like I'm sorry Mary I'm sorry Betty like I shouldn't have done what I'd done and also just like speaking about her specific mental health problems as well because that does the world of good for other people out there who are going through the same thing and being like seen and seeing someone take accountability for it as well like their actions that may be caused as a result of their mental health problems and just maybe someone sitting at home being like it's it's okay if I do something wrong if I just like apologize for it you know what I mean yeah that's a really good point you bring up as well because we are in such an era of cancel culture now don't get me wrong people should be reprimanded for their actions especially ones that are illegal you know people are speaking out more about a lot of different things however when it comes to things like this where it's reality tv and it's heated arguments and things like that narratives can be spun so quickly by audiences viewers and just a hate parade especially on the likes of twitter and instagram and people can just be labeled as cancelled like for the dawn for the rest of time and that can really affect someone's mental health so for Jade to have you know the bravery to like admit look hey I fucked up and I'm sorry and then for everybody to kind of just bury the hatchet and not be like hold Jade to a higher standard or you know hold a grudge I think it's really important for viewers to see that as well 
for them to also not hold a grudge and also just live and let live because you don't know what you would be like on a reality tv show you'd probably maybe be 10 times worse under that kind of pressure so yeah it was nice to see I feel like a lot of this episode like you said was closure it seems like a lot Hmm. of arguments people resolved which is so nice to see because on reality tv nine times out of ten that's not the case they want to keep that going they want to feel the drama um one of the really good things about Dracula as well is that I don't know if it's because of the type of contestant we get or maybe it's just because the show is still like fairly young but everybody's just really open you feel like sometimes when you watch Drag Race that people are being quite calculated because they don't want to seem a certain way on line whereas like these 11 contestants have just laid everything out there like for all of us to see and I feel like everything we've seen so far and what happens in this episode it's just everybody's just being 100% themselves like like apologizing for what they've done maybe like calling out other people like the tears and stuff that happened like nothing's fake everything's just 100% them and that's like one thing I do really appreciate about this show also do I and I think from season one authenticity authenticity alongside drag filth horror and glamour is yeah. a component of Dracula and through all their success and moving on to Shudder and now like the big prize money which I'm so happy to see the boulets and Dracula get that accolade and recognition if not lost those core values which I think mm. is really important why like they have such a loved fan base like us people that adore it that's a big part of it as well as the authenticity as well as the talent and the drag um so yeah should we get into since we're talking about the, the arguments and kind of the tensions between the contestants I think we should probably get into Mary and Sigourney yeah <laughs> so what did what, what what did you think what were your thoughts because this was a bit of an emotional roller coaster. I mean, I feel like this is what everybody was waiting for. Um, But I feel like, again, like, we really just got to be, see, uh, we really just got to see two people, like, just be themselves. And I think on Dragula being in such a pressure cooker, Mary and Sigourney having two very different personalities obviously was not great being in that pressure cooker together. But... I think they came to like some kind of understanding today. Um, like Mary kind of felt like Sigourney was a bit weird with her. And it was nice to see Zava like like kind of be like, well, I think Sigourney is just a bit weird. And again, if you've listened to uh, the Billy Brothers podcast, that's how they felt as well. Like they were just like, I don't think Mary gets Sigourney's sense of humor. Like talking about how Sigourney is like very quirky whereas Mary is quite like loud and like talks a lot and they just didn't think that that meshed very well together um so yeah it was nice to see them have a chat about that and have um Sigourney like kind of, well <laughs> Zava kind of stick up for Sigourney but then also be like you are a bit of a shady bitch um but there was all this stuff like again I think it just comes down to miscommunication 
because um, Mary keeps implying that Sigourney was like really shady off camera. And it all seems to come down to this trip to buy fabric that only Sigourney went on. And um, Sigourney was just like, oh, I didn't, like, I didn't feel the need to bother you with it. Like, you were rehearsing and I just went to get fabric just in case. Like, it was just a quick trip, basically, that she went on with um, Zenith and Astrid, as it turns out as well. And um, it made them think, something that wasn't actually happening um so it's just it's such a shame that all that came from cross wires yeah I think like part of its miscommunication part of its the pressure cooker as you imagine I mean don't get me wrong I love Sigourney Sigourney isn't perfect Mary isn't perfect no one on this show is perfect no human being is and um, I like that, you know, because it was really nice to see Zav and Sigourney like starting to bond before they as Zav like, got exterminated. But Zav is a real one, like calling out people still like I love you, but you're also a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You know, that's the waves of the world though, as well. You're never gonna like absolutely a hundred percent get on with everyone. You can still be cordial and be friends and like bond through an experience but some people just personalities clash that's just the reality of of life um but to see them kind of put their differences aside and have that bonding moment as well again with regards to all the stuff that they've been through their loss um I thought it was a nice conclusion to the, the epic drama of the season kind of the biggest drama of the season really I liked as well because obviously we as the audience see what we see and I like that as much as there was like huge conflict amongst Glamrot, Sigourney when asked is there something that the audience should know about this episode that we didn't see she was like we actually rehearsed a lot more than people think like the talking about how the four of them did actually put in effort to have some kind of cohesive performance because I do feel like a bit from that episode it's just like Mary being a massive cunt and like and then like Betty and Jade having their little fight in the background and Sigourney being very put upon so it was nice to know that there was a bit more of a team effort going on there um especially since like we saw all the hate that was vented towards particularly Mary but Betty a bit as well after that episode and it's like I'm sure it's very validating for them to know that that was like unwarranted and they're like they've always known that it wasn't as bad as it was portrayed and it's nice that the audience now know that as well unfortunately all those horrible things that people have said about them on the internet they can't take it back but um I'm sure they feel better feeling a bit vindicated yeah definitely and anybody out there that still wants to just don't be a dick don't give hate on the internet (laughs) like even if you like really maybe don't agree with some of the contestants or something that's happened like one thing um again part of the authenticity all the contestants have said like on twitter on social media don't give hate to anybody else regardless of what happens on the show nobody deserves that and that's very true Um, and you're right because 
you know, it would have been very easy to have that that edit and then kind of not say it. And um, so the fact that it was included in The Last Supper as well, I can really appreciate that from the producer's point of view and the Boulay brothers just being authentic and being like, yeah, not everything's included. This is part of that that wasn't included. So yeah, for them to kind of show what happened behind the scenes and kind of give a little bit more clarity on the reasons for maybe being the way they are and saying what they said, I can imagine it probably gave them a little bit of relief as well. So yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that got aired out too. Um, so another another thing that Mary was asked about, um, because there was a bit of tension between Mary and Coco in the Nosferatu beach party episode. So this was another thing that was asked about. Um, yeah, Swan asked Mary if they really did think that Zava was trying to set them up by pairing um her and Coco together. Um, what did you think about that? I mean, we 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 live for a little bit of of drama. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think like part of it's playing the game as well. Mm. It's almost like you know when when Jade put up Betty for her extermination. You do want to be a team player, but at the same time, you also kind of have to think of yourself in the situation. If you're trying to be a competitor, you're there to win. I'm not saying you sabotage your competitors, but you know maybe Zavaletta was thinking about themselves first, and then was kind of the last pairings, the last few people. I don't, I don't know. I think either way could be justifiable. What do you think? Um. <clears throat> I don't, I don't think, I mean, Zavaleta said themselves, like, I'm just pairing everyone up with who I think they'll be good with. Because yeah. um, I think they had the opportunity twice and both times they were like, oh, I'm just going to pair everyone up with who they think they're good with. And um, I just think Mary is the kind of person, unfortunately, as like, I'm kind of the same, like, folk who just like talk and talk and talk and talk. I'm, just kind of like please please be quiet <laughs> There's, they're not for everybody and you know nobody's for everybody kind of what I mean but um yeah Coco said that it was kind of Mary that got them into that negative mindset whereas Mary was trying to imply that they already were in a negative mindset um so yeah it's just funny like that people still try and paint after after watching the whole season, try and paint Zavaleta as some like horrible person, but they are actually like a very fair, and they are actually a, like actually a sweetheart as well. They are definitely a sweetheart. Like you can you can tell. Also, even says it themselves. Like you try and put on this face, but we know that like <laughs> you're a real one. Um, on the note of also, there was obviously quite a bit of back and forth. Um, because the past week maybe two weeks um there's been some rumblings in the cauldron about Koso's professionalism mm. on the show specifically like behind the scenes and with the producers and um you know when we had the the final four kind of in 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 the cauldron they saying who do you think is going to make top three and I think it was Sigourney that maybe said it but then they all kind of echoed it a little bit as well that Hoso maybe 
isn't experienced enough. They talked a little bit about Hoso's age. I think Sigourney said, like, in a few years, yes, 100%. Right now, no. Um, and then Hoso obviously talks about um, their health as well because they went to chemotherapy and they said, like, I've got one life to live and, um, you know, I'm going to take this opportunity and take this shot. What did you think of this, like, whole conversation and, like, how Hoso's behaviour has maybe been? What's your thoughts? Like, I can see it from both sides because it is that way. Like, if you're backstage getting ready for your next number, like, you don't want someone coming up to you being like, oh, do you have a makeup wipe? Or can I borrow your lash glue? Like, oh, like, I don't have this. I don't have that. So there is that thing of, like, being prepared. Um, But I think Hoso has proved themselves as a performer like time and time again in this competition and like they said like they work in South Korea so the idea that they're like not up to performance standard um is a bit ridiculous as soon as they already are I think it's just maybe more like an organizational thing than like unprofessional um which is the thing that keeps getting flung about um unprofessionalism um so yeah yeah that's what I think about that no I I get what you mean um part of me really wishes somebody brought like a fucking huge ass box of makeup wipes for her so like here you go babe (laughs) (laughs) yeah for a while um I don't think that any of the unprofessionalism unorganizedness whatever you want to call it is intentional from Hoso I don't think there's being like or, you know, I've forgotten something or I need somebody to help me come help. Like, I don't think it's in a bitchy manner. I think it's maybe just forgetfulness. Um, They're obviously an incredibly talented performer. I think they definitely deserve to be in the final. Um, I don't necessarily like this. I don't think it was meant that way, but I think age can come across a little bit condescending. Like, I know with age comes experience. And, you know, there is kind of the basic rules behind backstage performance whether it's cabaret drag whatever it is like there's kind of almost some do's and don'ts and you don't learn that stuff till you're there until you're doing it but at the same time like age doesn't define someone's talent like look at drag race uk this is also an example of ageism there as well with with crystal um we've had this on a variety of different things i think underestimating somebody because how young they are isn't necessarily valid i don't think it was really meant that way like in a super harsh way but um yeah I think Coso deserves to be there I don't think there was any like super bitchiness implied um and to right they should live their lives to the fullest because they've been through hell and back so like take well that's for anyone take any opportunity by the reins because you don't know how long you've got left that's uh, it's very true hashtag inspirational quote of the day <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to you want to talk about? Um, so we kind of mentioned it before, but we do do like a bit more of a deep dive into Sigourney as well. Um, but Sigourney has asked like if she did anything off camera to upset people because we said it so many times. Like 
we felt like everybody hated Sigourney and we didn't really understand why and it was really great in this episode to get some perspective from other people and so like Betty mentioned that she felt like Sigourney always had a wall up and Zavaleta said that that is true but if you did make the effort that you could get to know Sigourney very well and um like there was other people um, saying that they just felt like she was super focused. And then Astrid saying as well that Sigourney straight up said, I don't like you at one point, which I just find hilarious. Um, but now that they're like very good friends. So I think it was good for us to kind of get that perspective as well, because I think we all have been that person that will just keep everybody at arm's length and just it's either because of like trauma like Sigourney was actually going through like the death of her mother at the time or just having that bit of tunnel vision for a specific goal like again Sigourney wanting to be in the final yeah um I can definitely relate to that um I'm I'm anyone will tell you probably you would tell me and all I'm very bad for having walls and it's hard to let people in um, part of that, as you said, can be trauma. So, you know, Sigourney's gone through one of the biggest losses of her life, probably of anyone's life that is close to their, their parents. And as she says, she was very close to her parent. But also, but also, there's no harm in being ambitious and having a goal. Like, it was never, you know, I felt anyway in the show, it was never that, you know, she was focusing on winning and that's and that's it in terms of like I will fuck anyone over who tries to get in my way. I'm not going to be kind to anyone. All that kind of stuff. I think some people just take longer to open up, and that's okay. Not everyone is an open book. If you are an open book, that's also okay. We also need that kind of dialogue. We need both. We need people who are open and can tell their stories, but we also need to show that you know not not everyone is going to be like that. So I think it's just. You know, I think this is my favourite cast so far of Dragula. I've loved every single season. I think this cast is just full of some of the most talented people in drag I've ever seen. But at the same time, I've never seen so many different personalities in a room together. So that also kind of, you know, it, it's, it's a boiling pot for miscommunication and for little tiffs and shite arguments that really don't mean anything at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think we all wish we could have the balance sometimes of um, speaking when we need to and then keeping things to ourselves when we need to, but um, a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Um, What did you think when the bullies asked everybody if they would come back for resurrection? And I think it was Saint was the only person who didn't raise their hand. Yeah, and like everyone raised their hand straight away besides yeah. vision. Um you know what I, I, I do get it because I mean this is Saint's third third goal. Um it's not to say that I don't think they have a lot of passion in drive. I mean, look at the last episode. Like they, they're clearly really, really passionate, they really do want to get to that final and to win. But I mean like we've said, it's a really exhausting process. I think even, um, I, I think it might have been Drac that maybe said it last week, 
some one of the bullies had said that like they're getting into drag constantly new looks constantly it's absolutely exhausting it might have been last week or the week before it was said and um, just before judging which is fair it's an expensive process and it's exhausting physically and emotionally so I don't blame Saint for not immediately jumping on it I don't think that makes them ungrateful um so I can see where they're where they're coming from you know yeah I'm the same like they said they've done something Dracula related every year for the past three years um so kind of getting out of that bubble and like breaking out on their own for a little bit um I think I'll be good for them um just so that the world can see who they are without Dracula and then who knows like because um Victoria Black was on Resurrection talking about how they really actually would have preferred to be on an all-stars rather than someone trying to win an opportunity to come back which I fully agree with I love 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 Victoria Black um so maybe we'll see Saint on something like that in the future but we shall see we shall see we shall is there we, we talked about Coco but is there anyone else from this season that you would like just fucking love to see in another version of Resurrection Zavaleta. 100% I love Zavaleta so much I won't say anyone from the top four just yet because um we don't know who's gonna win but um for everyone outside of like the final four um yeah those two and Zavaleta definitely I'd love to see Zav I'd also really like to see Astrid because oh yeah of course have you been following Astrid online yeah they've been putting up the looks that they would have wore every week and every week I see them and I'm like we've been robbed we've been fucking robbed (laughs) we have I love that this is like a thing now that contestants that didn't make it post the looks they were going to show on like Instagram on social media because like they're such stunning looks the world deserves to see it and I think Astrid has so much to show and so much to drive I really feel like they deserve to be on Resurrection and I feel like they've learned from their mistakes, um, you know, from the meltdown that they've had previously and, you know, addressing their mental health. I think if they were in the right capacity for it, if their mindset was right, they could go on to the end. So I'd love to see Astrid in a Resurrection. Definitely. So unless there's anything else for us to discuss, shall we get on to the big gag of the night, which is the final yes okay so obviously we had in the last episode that fantastic mini movie that was the puppets and sitting like on the edge of our seats like who's gonna go who's gonna go and we don't find out so it does get revealed at the end so at first they say you know Sigourney you're in the final Sally you're in the final and then it was between host and saint because if you remember in the mini movie it is between those two at the mm. end like they're getting stabbed and stuff like that and we don't know who's gonna go so then it said that saint is gonna go into the final and then you see hoso's face and hope i mean oh i cannot cope far. with that sad face oh my god it's like hoso's sad face and then saint's crying as well and i'm like oh i'm happy but i'm sad oh <laughs> it was awful we didn't know how to feel like I'm so happy I was so happy for saying but at the same time for Hoso I was devastated however 
they leave that about a minute and then the bullies are like also you're also in the finale and then everyone loses their shit <laughs> oh my god i was like i was crying like Same. i it's no secret like i love this cast and i love this top four like like I said the previous week, someone is going to have to fuck up spectacularly to get to the final three. Uh, like, to be the one that doesn't get to the final three, rather. And none of them did. And they've all basically played, like, a perfect game all season. Like, how how you couldn't have taken them all, I, I really don't know. So I was so happy and also anyone who has tickets to the Dracula World Tour you now know who you're going to be seeing live um so if you've got your tickets like please join us in our absolute glee that we are all, all going to get to see Hoso, Dali, Saint and Sigourney live ah! it's going to be the best night of our lives <laughs> oh my god it's going to be so good you are you are so right though. Like this top four is so stellar. Each of them brings something so different. Like I couldn't have picked. I absolutely couldn't have picked. Nobody fucked up. No. Uh, so and this is like the first time in Dragula history that they've done a top four and like best top four to start that off with. Like on, honestly, like it's so strong. Totally get why they did what they did. Um, and I'm just so fucking excited that I get we get to see all of them do their drag, uh, do their filth, horror and glamour looks next week. Like, I'm just so excited to see what each of them bring to the table. I know, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, what are they possibly going to do? I'm just like, my most absolutely vile filth look ever was Bitch Pudin. And I'm just sitting here like, please, Dirty Dally, do not do something as gross as that because I don't want to think of you like that. I think at this point nothing could turn me off that way. But <laughs> Bitch Puddin's look. I'm like so happy to see Bitch Puddin make a cameo this season as well. Yeah. Just an iconic winner. And if I think too much about that look and the hair, I'm going to gag. <laughs> That's oh, absolutely disgusting. It, make, it makes me want to vomit every time I think about it. <laughs> um, on that note, we only have one episode left, which is the finale. Actually, oh, going. I know, like, I just put on season five right now so we can just keep this party going. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, we are going to be covering the finale. However, our usual hump day schedule, we are going to be a little bit late for that one as well because me and Lindsay are off celebrating your birthday we're yes off, we're off to the highlands we're gonna be in a hot tub we're gonna get pished it's gonna be a great old time I it's gonna be lovely but unfortunately your episode's gonna be a week late so I hope you understand <laughs> it's not my fault I was born on the same day as the Dracula season four finale <laughs> But um, we will have Sophie with us as well, and I think we'll probably we'll probably have a lot to talk about in that finale yeah. as well because it will have been a week since the release. Um, you guys, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram because we will have seen probably seen the episode. Um, but we'll have a lot to talk about about like the discourse online, everyone's thoughts about who the winner is. So I feel like it's going to be a chunky episode next. Absolutely. Lot. 
I think that's a bit, unless you've got any more tea to spill, has the tea well and truly been spilt? Absolutely. I'm scalded with the tea that we've <laughs> spilled. Right. Well, let's get out of here. Um, Lindsay, where can people find you on the socials to wish a happy birthday next Tuesday? I'm going to keep saying it because I'm <laughs> I am at hi, it's Lindsay underscore on all social media. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Lulu underscore Pew. You can find Sophie on Sophie Serve Space and Sophie Serve Space on Twitter and Instagram. Apologies, Sophie. I don't know which is which, but look up Sophie Serve Space. You'll find, you'll find her and all her great looks. Um, you can find the podcast on Girlfriend Pod on Twitter and Girlfriends underscore podcast on Instagram. And yeah, until next time, stay spooky. <laughs>